There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Living life as a gringo Where you question Where you fit And every time you mingle They say you do this With not enough that My rapping is really bad <laughs> This life as a gringo Yes, hello And welcome to another episode Of Life as a Gringo I am Dramos Of course And man Holidays are Are right around the corner Which is crazy to say I just realized that Next week is Is Thanksgiving And then man That That's gonna fly by And the next thing you know It is Christmas It is New Year's And the year is gone I am off next week So just giving you all a heads up But With that in mind Thinking about the The holidays I've been Just kind of stewing on On I think what What ends up happening For a lot of people Right The holidays tends to bring Family members together that maybe you don't see on a regular basis and and that brings people who have differences of opinion or maybe has you kind of reliving certain childhood dynamics to a degree right you're you're sitting down at a dinner table with your your parents and possibly your your siblings and and all that comes along with that and all that that sort of brings up for many of us and what I'm really speaking to is the idea of of our inner child right. And and the idea of the wounded inner child that lives, you know, inside of, of all of us. Right. And it's inevitable. I've talked about this a bunch before. I've mentioned it uh, in in kind of conjunction with my my trip uh, for, for the Hoffman process, the, the uh, personal growth retreat that I did uh, about a year ago at this point. 
And and that is kind of a, a bit of the main focus of that is kind of reconnecting with that inner child. And for me, that was sort of one of my bigger goals when I went over there. And, and recently I've been uh, working on on putting out a, a spoken word uh, poetry EP. And and that is is really me kind of embracing my my wounded inner child to a degree and peeling back another layer that I've never done before and, and putting something out that's incredibly personal to me. And, um, you know, it's it's named Daniel, you know, my 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 given name. And it's really me tapping into that part of myself that I feel like I've neglected for so long out of sort of safety and out of man just survival right and 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 wanting to uh not be hurt i guess in this world and many of us are carrying that around in different ways you know the the reality is you don't have to have like a violent upbringing you don't have to have what is sort of considered you know child abuse uh you can just be affected by the dynamic of your parents you know the way they are between each other uh the, the unhealed wounds that they have right the the thing that I learned from from Hoffman was, you know, that even if you have what people may think is like the the quote unquote, you know, greatest childhood ever, you still have certain things that have affected you and that play out in your adult life today. Right. And and for some of us, you know, those, those things uh, are, are incredibly traumatic. Right. And affect our dynamic as we go out into the world. And I kind of wanted to just do an episode ahead of the holidays that that spoke a bit about that and, and maybe brought some awareness to some of us, you know, going into what can be a really complex time, uh, you know, of, of the year and, and one that could bring up a lot of emotions. So I thought it'd be good to kind of have a bit more of an awareness to what we might be feeling or what might be coming up uh, during this time. So with that in mind, man, I, I kind of want to discuss a few different things and and do a bit of a deep dive. I found this really kind of comprehensive uh, I don't know if it's like a, a paper or, or whatever it is, but it's from eggshelltherapy.com. And I, I guess they're like a, a coaching website and I'll put the, the link to it in the show notes, but they just did a really comprehensive article on toxic family dynamics and complex trauma, right? And, and we'll kind of quickly go through a, a few of the different areas. Again, I'll leave the link in the show notes so you can really you know read it in depth if you want to. But you know we'll, we'll talk about kind of some of their uh, you know, studies and and the dynamics that they talk about, the toxic dynamics that they talk about. There are five of them that they mentioned in this article. And then also signs that you have complex trauma from your toxic family uh, dynamics, right? And they go into a bunch of different things. Those are going to be the two areas that we talk about. So we'll, we'll do that in our deep dive in our For the People in the Back. And then for our Mijente segment, I'll, I'll kind of give you all a bit about, you know, what I've been working through how I've sort of adjusted that family dynamic and kind of where we stand today, uh, you know, when it, when it comes to what is going on inside of me in regards to how I was raised. So let's kind of start with the experts a bit. Let's do that deep dive first in a segment we call for the people in the back. Say it louder for the people in the back. So let's first start with the toxic family dynamics and the intense, highly sensitive and gifted, right? And again, this is from eggshelltherapy.com. I have a link in the, the show notes, but they say, quote, being the parent of a sensitive and emotionally gifted child has its own rewards. However, parents need to be very mature and highly aware. Many do not have all that it takes. 
Most of the time, parents do not exploit or abuse their sensitive children on purpose. Their limited understanding or experience simply gets the best of them. And this feels, I don't know, it's resonating with me a bit. You know, I, I felt like I was a kid who uh, was very much in, ten- in, in touch with how he felt, right? I wore my heart on my sleeve. And I think that my parents definitely loved me and didn't intentionally try to hurt me. But I think their lack of understanding and their own sort of uh, limited beliefs and, and limiting kind of man, exploration of their own trauma definitely led to a, a lot of kind of the rocky dynamic that we had for a bit. And, and for me, I, just that first paragraph is already resonating. I'm curious for anybody listening, if it, if it is for you as well. Now, going on, they say, quote, the families of emotionally intense children typically end up addressing the situation in one of two ways. They allow themselves to love the child, however painstakingly, or they reject the child for his or her strangeness. In an experiment conducted by Andrew Solomon involving interviews with over 400 families, it was observed that in the case of having atypical children, would-be good parents were extraordinary, going the extra mile if a need arose, and the would-be bad parents were downright abusive. He concluded that having an exceptional child exaggerates parents' tendencies. They go on to say, Complex trauma caused by a toxic family dynamic is detrimental because it usually is invisible. On the surface, we look just fine. We were provided with all of the material things we needed, clothing, food, etc. But the way we feel inside does not coincide with what our appearance portrays. There is sometimes pressure to keep up the illusion of a, quote, normal, happy child from a normal, happy family. Our parents and society tell us we are well, but the fact that we don't feel this way growing up makes us confused. And a lot of that is really resonating for me as I as I read about that, you know, the the idea that the trauma caused is, is oftentimes invisible, right? And and for many of us we put on a good face and and I think what's also oftentimes more frustrating and I'm just speaking to those who maybe don't have the very obvious, you know, external abuses and 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 sort of violence um, that that sadly many kids experience from from abusive parents. But you know, speaking to to this specifically, the the frustrating thing is like feeling like there's something wrong with you, right? Because you you are reminded, be it by your parents or by yourself, like, oh, look, you have all these toys, you have you know, all these different things. And, and I can remember specifically my parents or, or my dad being like, you know, you don't know what struggle is like when I struggle, I didn't have any of this stuff. And it like brings on this guilt as to why you don't feel completely happy when I think the the reality of what they're what they're talking about is that your parents were just ill equipped, you know, for for handling you as a as a child and, and handling your specific needs. And, you know, I'm talking specifically, I guess this article talks about children who are, uh, you know, emotional or sensitive and, and um, I don't say that in a way of being weak. I think it, it's maybe kids who are a bit more attuned to what's going on around them, right? And a bit more aware emotionally and a bit more aware of their own uh, feelings, even if they don't have the vocabulary for it, right? And I think that that's a challenge for for many parents probably, right? Especially reading kind of what they're talking about with these studies. I know thinking about my own personal story, I, I think that that was probably difficult for for my parents to completely understand, right? And and not understanding the depth of of kind of maybe the needs possibly, right? Now now moving on 
in this article, they, they mentioned five different toxic family dynamics. And uh, number one is scapegoating. And they say that when emotionally sensitive children were born into neurotypical families, it was difficult for the family to understand them. As such, they quickly became the castaway, quote, the different one or the difficult child, right? And they talk about it takes a lot of patience, maturity, and strength to bring up an intense and emotionally sensitive child, right? And and I think that, you know, this speaks to a lot of people who, who grow up feeling like the black sheep of their family, you know, uh, feeling like the one that is alienated. And I think that that's kind of typical in, in friend groups, right? You always have that one friend that kind of gets ragged on a little bit more or you know, in, in school, you have the kids that are, are kind of the outcasts that, that take the brunt of the bullying. And I, I think it's sort of human nature to a degree to qu- kind of quickly visualize in a group dynamic who is the one that doesn't fit in and then sort of almost get band together against them. And, and sadly, in this sort of dynamic, it, it happens with the very people that you live with that are your caretakers, that are your loved ones, you know, and and. Uh, it, it creates, you know, this sort of, oh, man, just this this way that you look at yourself as as if something is wrong with you. And that I can kind of relate to. I don't think that I was completely scapegoated, but I was definitely the different one. You know, my, my sister was the, you know, like perfect child. You know, I, I can remember teachers uh, when my parents would get called to school saying, like, I can't believe that's your sister because she was the one who never got in trouble. She was incredibly quiet. And I was the loud, outspoken one who was always getting into some sort of trouble, right? So I, I was the, the difficult child. And that comparison game uh, ends up typically happening, right? And I'm sure many people can relate to this on, on various levels, you know. Uh, now, the, the toxic family dynamic trait number two is parentification, right? And this is, quote, parental guidance and protection are crucial in developing a sense of safety and foundation with our psyche. Some parents, however, cannot provide this due to insufficient emotional resources. If this is the case, the parent-child roles are reversed. The child becomes the parent and the parent becomes the child. The parent-child role reversal is known as parentification, which can be a form of a toxic family dynamic, right? And this is, you know, maybe parents who are not emotionally mature, not ready to take responsibility and and sadly, the the kid has to feel like they have to take care of that parent, right? They have to protect their their own parent, and and they don't get to live a a, a childhood, right? And and you know, obviously, I'm just kind of riffing off of what what we're talking about here in, in conjunction to this conversation. But you know, it's it's no secret why you know people would be harboring certain traumas when they don't feel like they got to actually live a real childhood themselves. You know, where they feel like. They didn't get to have that freedom that, that you're supposed to have as a, a kid because you had to take on adult responsibilities because sadly the adults in your life, you know, didn't want to, to grow up or, or were emotionally, you know, incapable of doing so. Now, number three um, of, of these, you know, toxic family dynamics is having emotionally unavailable parents, right? And, and they talk about how some caregivers can be emotionally unresponsive to their child due to mental illness limited psychological capacity, work or health demands, and neuroatypical traits like Asperger's syndrome, ADHD, or autism. This unresponsiveness, in turn, makes the children feel shut out and abandoned, right? And again, I think all of this is, is speaking to, I think, a lot, of, a lot of things that you might be aware of, but at the same time, understanding how much of an effect all of this, this has on, on all of us, right? 
how our parents' behavior and their lack of awareness or lack of work in, in, in healing gets in some way passed down to all of us, right? And, and it's important to be aware of that, right? And let, let's put it in the, in the terms of kind of what we're talking about, this idea of the holiday you know, season, right? And, and all the feelings that it tends to bring up, right? You know, often as, as kids, we internalize these, these interactions that we have with our caregivers, with our parents, and we, we sort of take the blame for it, right? You know, dad is mad because of me, you know? Um, I, I had too much energy and that's why dad got frustrated and yelled at me and like went upstairs. Right. And that's just a, a hypothetical kind of thing. So we're, we're internalizing all of the blame here. And, and I think that we end up getting, you know, more, more frustrated with our ourselves and looking down upon, um, you know, our ourselves, but at the same time, we're not seeing the sort of real thing that's happening with our parent in front of us. Right. We're not able to see that, A, what they're doing is wrong. And, and, and even if you are able to recognize that, I think that understanding where it comes from, that they are dealing with their own mental illness or some other sort of limiting uh, you know, thing that, that is going on with them mentally, understanding that doesn't mean anything about you. And in turn, having a bit of empathy when maybe they do lash out in a certain way, when they do try and make something about you. And not empathy to the point that you allow yourself to be disrespected or abused, but maybe empathy to the to the point that you don't allow yourself to go into this negative kind of uh, tailspin of emotions when a lot of these dynamics sort of replay in your in your adult life, right? You you kind of allow yourself to take away some of that sting and some of that emotion because you're looking at the other person as as somebody who is working through something, somebody who is wounded, somebody who is dealing with their own shit and is making them lash out in that way right and again i think that's easier said than done but i know for me personally having had a better understanding of some of the dynamics that my parents were working through some of their own um you know mental shortcomings and and their own trauma you know when some of these situations do begin to come up um and i find myself getting frustrated there have been a lot of times where i've been able to kind of put a little bit of distance between myself and that emotion because I'm seeing them for the, you know, the, the hurt inner child that they're carrying around, right? And, and that sort of takes a bit of the sting away. Now, listen, it's easier said than done. There are times I've been great at that, times where I've allowed myself to get frustrated and we turn into a whole full-blown, you know, argument and, and blowout and, and sort of reliving the, my teenage years to a degree, right? But I think if you can build up some of that awareness, the immediate anger and frustration that comes over you and that makes you react um, you know, it is kind of cooled a bit, right? And and maybe they are still going to act out. Maybe they're still going to, you know, say some some mean things. But I think your ability to be aware of where it might be coming from allows you to take some of that emotional charge away from it. And, you know, whatever, they, they say what they say, they do what they do, uh, but you don't allow it to kind of ruin your night or, or ruin your moment. And that's just something I think to, is healthy to keep in mind a bit um, during the, these, these times when we're, again, recreating like similar childhood dynamics in the form of like sitting down to dinner with these people that we grew up with now moving on to the the other toxic family dynamics this is number four and this one is called enmeshment right and according to separation individual theory and this is as of 1975 a study done babies have a natural symbiotic relationship with their mothers at birth however they still need to have a sense of self 
and know their mothers as a different entity from them in order to develop healthily. Some parents have a hard time letting go and separating themselves from their children, usually due to their own insecurities or unfulfilled lives. This eventually denies the child opportunities to take risks and make productive mistakes and become resilient. And I can relate to this to a degree. My mom was definitely a helicopter mom. Um, and they talk about how anxious parents may subtly send emotional messages to their children like, quote, I cannot survive without you. Don't go. Don't grow up. You can't go. You can't make it without me. It's a dangerous world out there. That last one, it's a dangerous world out there, uh, resonates very heavily as far as my own anxious mother. And I'm, I think that, again, this is an example of something they weren't intentionally doing to harm you or or something that on the surface seems really positive, right? It's a parent that truly cares about you and, and you know, uh, wants to protect you. But again, you know, like like anything, too much of something is, is, is not good, right? And this is, I think, plays out a dynamic that I've recognized in my life where I have a lot of self-doubt or I have uh, felt like I've needed to rely on other people in order for me to find success or, or to be able to accomplish something, you know? And I, it, it's taken a long time to break out of that. And I still sometimes have to fight through that, that sort of old trauma loop of like, man, I need somebody's help or I need this and that, right? And, and I definitely was, was somebody who rebelled a lot when it came to this. And, and I think that I, I, you know, saw it as like a judgment of me being incapable. But to be honest, you know, it, it still is something that I, I leaned on as well, right? You know, um, and, and allowed to kind of hold me back from making certain decisions in my life when I was younger or, or to, you know, uh, maybe put myself out there a bit more, take more risks when I was was younger. You know, I, I think this definitely has has caused me to have a bit of like, um you know, second guessing. And again, it's not something that my mom didn't harm. You know, it was because she she loved me and she was unaware of her own anxieties that she was pushing onto myself. So, again, not all of this is good or bad. I think parents out there who are listening to this, um, it, it's also good probably to have this awareness to understand that even if you are loving your child, there's still sort of, you know, things that you have to be aware of and certain uh, human experiences that we all have to have, you know, failure and, and and things of that nature that are necessary for us to kind of grow up and, and become full-fledged adults in this world. Now, the last thing they talk about here is uh, number five in the, the toxic family dynamic, and they say competition and oppression, right? Well, parenthood comes with an array of emotions, anger, joy, grief, pride, and so on. While it is not commonplace to talk about it in society, jealousy is one of these emotions that parents can feel towards their children. When this envy is unmanaged, it can become a toxic family dynamic and erode the health of the whole family system. And they, they go on to say, I want to explore this a little bit because it's interesting to me. They go on to say, parents with unfulfilling lives may be particularly threatened by seeing what their children have opportunities that were not available to them in their youth. As they watch their children grow, their childhood wounds are reopened and they go back psychologically to when they themselves were children. Sometimes parents can begin to perceive their children as competitors. And man, this is, it, it's fascinating because again, it shows you the chain of fucking trauma that happens when it goes unresolved and unchecked, right? And and you you begin to to see your own child in this dynamic as as your competition. Now, I can't really relate to this one, but 
you know, I, I can imagine there's, some, you know, people out there, tons of people who feel like they've had to live this, this sort of dynamic throughout the, the, the course of, of their life. And again, it's one of those ones where hopefully it brings that sort of awareness to you of, of where your parents are coming from. You know, again, I don't think that there's an excuse for anybody to treat you like shit or, or lesser than, but I, I think that there's a lot of emotion that comes from, you know, the people that are supposed to care for you the most when you feel like they aren't treating you, you know, as, as they, they should or, or as you deserve, right? And it can feel incredibly personal because these are the people, again, closest to you in your life, the ones that are supposed to love you the most. But I, I, I think we have to recognize that oftentimes it's not necessarily a personal attack against us. It's them and their own traumas. And again, that doesn't make it, hurt any less or, or, or any, you know, it's not any sort of excuse for, for them. But I, I think that when you are able to look at people as human and as struggling, it makes it a bit easier to kind of tolerate some of the, the behavior that, that really frustrates you about them. And we all have that. There are certain things about myself that I'm sure the people in my life are incredibly frustrated by, right? And, and we're able to have a bit of empathy knowing each other a bit more and, and having that close relationship because we're aware of some of the things that we're struggling with and trying to work past, right? And we're aware of the overall character of the person and and we're able to kind of not necessarily give them a free pass, but not take it personally, not take it as something that they're attacking us or, or trying to harm us. But again, instead, that realize that you're looking at a person who they themselves is in pain. Even if they're coming across as abrasive or aggressive towards you, that that's still somebody that is suffering, somebody that is trying to work through something or is unaware of a trauma that they need to work through, right? And again, I think just maybe help soften those blows just a little bit when you're forced into that proximity that that oftentimes will bring up a lot of those those old family, you know, family dynamics. Now, I do want to want to quickly talk about the signs that that you have, you know, complex trauma from your your toxic family dynamics. And there's are seven signs. And they say, it's what happens when we bury the truth about toxic family dynamics. Now we'll get into that. I think now's a good time to take a quick break though. And then we'll be right back. As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama. And when reflecting on what matters most, I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. Stay Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tuda Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, Stay Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tuda shows wherever you get your podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, 
You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. All right, we are back, and I want to touch on on this part of the article that is seven signs that you have complex trauma from toxic family dynamics, right? And I'm going to try and go through this relatively quickly just for the sake of time. Again, I'm going to put a link to this in the show notes if you really want to deep dive into what we're, we're talking about. But, you know, here are, are some of the signs for, for those of you listening and kind of like wondering about how maybe some of these dynamics have shown up in your life or, you know, some of the things I brought up resonate with you and you're curious about how you might be acting them out now as, as an adult. And the first one they bring up is, is something that I, I relate to more than I'd like to admit. And it says, you become disassociated and feel dead inside, right? And and this one, it, it's not something that you want to want to be like happily telling somebody that you feel dead inside. And it's, it's probably not, you know, I don't know, it's a really aggressive way to word this, but I, I, I can definitely sort of relate to that, especially the disassociation part, right? And they say, quote, cumulative complex trauma caused by toxic family dynamics has the power to force our children into foreclosure. Our true self is the part of us that is free, spontaneous, and fully alive. But having been emotionally abandoned by our caretakers, we have also learned to bury our true selves. Such disconnection comes not from one single traumatic experience, but from an accumulation of painful emotional memories. When our enthusiasm was met with coldness, our passion misunderstood, our feelings silenced, or our actions punished. The 
innocent, most alive part of us, our soul, our true self, our inner child is forced into hiding, right? And I think for me, what resonates with, with this is the idea of our enthusiasm being met with coldness or our passion being misunderstood, right? And I've expressed this a lot, but you know, I think for me, I, I know I developed the defense mechanism when I felt like the things that I got excited about and then tried to express were not met with that same enthusiasm, right? So I was let down or when I expressed an interest of mine and it was brushed off or uh, it wasn't understood and there wasn't really an effort for it to be understood, I, I began to do that less and less, right? And and I think that that is a form of, of disassociating. You know, I, I suppressed those feelings of excitement. I suppressed my enthusiasm for things and, and kept it bottled up, right? And I think that that has, has you know, caused me to, to sort of shut down in, in different ways, you know. Um, and, and they talk about how, you know, the neglect from your, your toxic family dynamics was so painful that you had no choice but to disassociate, right? You essentially are numbing yourself. You disconnected from what you were feeling uh, because it was too much for, for you to handle, to feel so misunderstood and alone. And that's something that, that I for sure struggle with as a result of, of, of kind of my family dynamic to a degree and it's something that i've been trying to to work through but it's incredibly difficult and uh, i'll try and touch more on that and hit this segment the number two on this list they say is you may feel defective children naturally blame themselves for what happens to them when they are bullied they believe it's because they are not good enough if they seek attention from the parents but are neglected they believe they are too needy if they are burdened with demands that they cannot fulfill they believe it is their failure to be a perfect child, to take good care of their siblings, to soothe their parents' anger. You know, the, the, this plants a seed for the complex trauma that, that follows, right? And again, that's something I was, I was touching on, right? The, the idea that we as kids blame ourselves. And I, I resonate with this a bit too, right? Where why aren't my interests being met with an excitement? Why aren't my ideas being celebrated? Well, it must mean that I'm not good enough, right? And it's something that, again, I struggle with here as as an adult and I often in my own worst critic right I mentioned that that spoken word poetry that I've been doing you know some of those those ones that I recorded are as you know are like two years old and it's because at one point in like the middle of of being passionate about this those self you know self-deprecating thoughts came in those man that that self-doubt creeped into my mind this isn't that good you shouldn't be putting it out there just stop working on it and like it made me you know step away from it for months until like one day I just felt like I wanted to check it out. And when I listened back to it, I was like, oh, wow, this is actually far better than I thought it was. And I was giving myself credit for. And that's how this shows up for me in my my adult life. Now, number three on this list is they say you may be highly anxious if our parents are emotionally unstable or due to their vulnerabilities. We feel the need to take care of them. We become the little adult at home. We are hypervigilant, always watching out for the smallest clues about our parents' emotional fluctuations so that we can protect ourselves and our siblings. Hyperempathic tendency that is a result of complex trauma doesn't go away and we carry with it into adulthood. And I recognize this a bit. I, you know, I don't suffer from extreme anxiety, but I have anxiety. And I think that a lot of having to predict, you know, my, my father's mood or how to sort of quell a situation and I, I think I learned this from my mother how to de-escalate a situation with my father who 
you know, was, was dealing with his own shit and, and you know, would, would yell a lot and, and, and this and that, you know, having to learn how to maneuver around that, I think, has made me sort of hyper aware of what's going on around me in, in other dynamics in my life and, and also has made me an incredibly anxious adult to, to a degree. Now, number four, they say you may resort to compulsion and addiction to cope. Our brain is designed to protect us when we come across a particularly difficult or traumatic situation. It will be stored in a way that is frozen in time as complex trauma. We may not even remember it. We're not sure what triggers us, but our suppressed memories come out in the form of uncontrollable mood swings, persistent sadness, depression, and explosive anger, right? And and I think to me, one of the, the points I want to harp on that we're, we're kind of seeing consistently is like that emotion has to go somewhere, right? Many of us will try and bury or suppress how we're feeling, our, our sadness, disappointment, anger, whatever it may be. And, and as kids, you know, uh, th- there's generally not space for that, right? I don't think parents, especially in our community, are particularly great at being open to hearing uh, a little kid expressing their, uh, you know, uh, they're they're not approving of the way that their parent is is parenting essentially right or that their parent hurt their feelings right i know for me if i was to express that as a kid it would be brushed off i mean shit even as an adult um there are times i think that my my father doesn't want to doesn't want to uh, accept some of the things that i'm saying so i i, I think that the the point of, of what i'm saying is that like all of those feelings and emotions they have to come out somewhere and if you suppress it and don't do that work. They can come out in in sort of these these you know ways of of mood swings and and depression and these triggers you know and and then you know when it talks about um, addiction you know as a means to cope you know it, it it's another form of of trying to suppress those feelings right that you don't feel in control of um, and and the addiction you know to drugs or alcohol or sex or money whatever it might be you know these compulsions uh, help kind of continue that numbing process right and and i just think it's it, it, this is just interesting stuff to kind of be aware of of how the dynamics in our family have, have affected us here as adults now number five they say you are fearful of intimacy and love they say quote if you have been trapped by toxic family dynamics for a long time potentially trust independence and acceptance all require a degree of vulnerability that your wounded skin finds hard to bear and they say, if you do not feel welcomed into the world, you may always feel like an outcast, someone with no hope of finding belongingness in the world. All of our life, you are caught between the intense need for kinship and the extreme fear of, of contact. And it's like that that in the, the middle area where it's like you, you don't want to be alone, but at the same time, you are too fearful of committing to somebody or too fearful of getting close to to anyone, you know, the fear of, of of being hurt and and man I, I think a lot of these things you know i know i'm finding myself resonating with little bits of certain certain parts of these uh maybe more than others but i think that you know we're we're affected in in various ways i think all of these things don't have to be you don't have to be like just one of these uh traits or one of these symptoms affects you i think that we all probably pick up on, on bits and pieces of of this kind of stuff you know but i think I can relate to this to a degree in the in the form of, you know, I don't think I've been afraid of of you know intimacy in the form of 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 settling down, but I've been afraid in the form of 
truly being able to trust somebody with myself, being completely open and vulnerable, you know, and, and I think that that's something that I've been able to work through in, in my relationship that I'm in now, you know, because I think a safe space has been created. But, you know, I, I think always seeing my vulnerability, always seeing my trauma and my wounded inner child as like something that was going to be shamed, you know, especially as a man thinking that this was a sign of weakness, you know, that if I'm uh, talking about like, you know, my, that my, my parents didn't understand me as a kid, like that sounds, you know, incredibly, uh, you know, just silly as an adult, right? In comparison to like people who who maybe were real victims of physical abuse in, in various ways, right? And and you begin to play that comparison game. And like, as a man, thinking that the idea of like my parents uh, not caring about my, my passions, you know, like that, that affecting me in, in such a profound way, like makes me weak, essentially, right? That's sort of the mindset that you begin to develop. I know, you know, I'm speaking generally, but I can imagine many men out there feel that way that expressing these types of emotions and acknowledging that something that seems so frivolous had such profound effect on us, you know, the, the acknowledgement of that might make us weak and might make us seem lesser than in the form of, of you know, uh, someone who we're, we're trying to settle down with, right? Especially when you talk about, you know, the traditional dynamic of a man and a woman and, and the sort of gender roles that we're told by society that we're supposed to play. You know, a, a man is supposed to be tough and not supposed to be affected by anything. And when you begin to really you know put yourself out there and talk about these things you know it's scary to think that you might lose uh that sort of manliness right that that we're told we need to have if we want to secure you know a a woman in our life right and and i think that those are are all again dynamics that eventually end up playing out into our adulthood that are from just childhood trauma and and also just bullshit societal constructs you know that, that really don't serve us now number six out of this list they say you damage the love you have, right? And they say that neuroscientists have found that parents' responses to our attachment-seeking behaviors, especially during the first two years of our lives, encode our view of the world. If as infants we have consistent attachment interactions with an attuned, available, and nurturing caregiver, we will be able to develop a sense of safety and trust. In contrast, when our parents are emotionally unavailable to us, we internalize the message that the world is a frightening place. When we are in need, no one will be there. This forms a complex trauma that is too hard to beat. And it, it's it's definitely, again, one of those just interesting things that you don't really, I feel like it's not talked about enough or you don't hear much, right? Because that sounds like, okay, my, my parents didn't provide me a, a level of safety. And it's interesting that you as a kid internalize that as, Beyond just like your parents not being safe, it means that the entire world is not safe. And that's the lens that you view life through as an adult and, and uh, you know, causes you to to not allow yourself to uh, take risks, you know, or or to embrace the love that may be may be given to you. You know, they talk about that, how this results in deep fear of abandonment, right? You're scared of somebody leaving you. And as as adults, any kind of distance, even a brief and even a brief one may trigger you to re-experience the original pain of being left alone, dismissed, or uh, disdained, and and that that shows you, you know, there are often people who who maybe uh, you know are incredibly insecure in relationships, or or um, maybe, I don't know, you might call somebody clingy or something like that. And I I think it's interesting to kind of hear where these dynamics sort of come from, and I think also as a partner, it begins to make you a bit more aware of 
what you may need to give, you know, the, the your significant other in order to make them feel comfortable in in a, a, a relationship. I think that's another thing that's interesting and important and, and sort of a good thing to take away when you begin to read, you know, things like this and, and begin to understand how different people are affected and, and the way that it plays out in their adult life, because it allows you to begin to give those people in your life maybe a bit more of, of what they're needing in the moment, right? Now, the last thing they, they talk about is uh, you sabotage your success, right? And they say that the toxic family dynamic may have led you to believe your success and happiness would threaten your siblings, attract envy, and somehow brand you as, quote, arrogant if you were high achieving. Perhaps your parents were too limited in their worldview to comprehend your gifts and deep down, you carry a survivor's guilt that says if you achieve more than others or outgrow your family, you are betraying them. Subconsciously, you become frightened of your power. And I, I think to a degree, I, I definitely relate to this kind of to a degree because I know that I always sort of dumb down any of my successes. And not even just when I'm speaking to somebody uh, you know, about them which which I, I definitely do sort of play play down anything that I've done. But also to myself, I, I tell myself that I'm a failure, that I haven't done enough, you know, uh, all of all of the above. And it's me downplaying all that I have achieved, you know. And they go on to say, expecting little of ourselves and others may have made sense when we were little people who lived at the mercy of unpredictable and explosive caregivers. But the expectation no longer serves us if we wish to step into a more prominent place and live fully. You do not need to be trapped by what has by what has happened in a toxic family dynamic that that was not your making. And I think that that to me is a great that that last sentence right there. I think is a, a really important thing to fixate on. A toxic family dynamic that was not your making. Right. Understanding that you are not to blame for for these things. You are not to blame for the way that people treat you, the way that they mistreat you, the way that they may disrespect you. Right. A again. Family dynamics are incredibly complicated. And, and again, for anybody who's going to be sitting down at the table with some really complicated people in their lives, right? I think having this understanding that what you're seeing from them, you know, is, is more reflection of them and how they're dealing with their own trauma, their own shit, and, and less about you, right? I, I remember in, in, in Hoffman, them kind of giving an example, even beyond like your own parents, you know, in the with the holidays, you might be you know sitting down with in laws, who you may not be a huge fan of, right? Who have different worldviews than you. Or uh, I remember somebody talking about how one of their in laws, you know, loved to just like brag about accomplishments or money or this car and this that and the third, right? And how it would be incredibly frustrating that that would be the the topic of conversation, and and that they would allow themselves even to be overpowered by that, right? And, and make themselves smaller. And I think being aware of the fact that this is a person who is incredibly insecure and is feeling like they have to impress you in order to be accepted, like understanding that dynamic takes a bit away of like maybe the annoyance. And at the same time, understanding that you feeling the need to make yourself smaller is in fact sabotaging your, your own success, right? And that's something that you learned from your traumatic upbringing, right? And maybe that gives you the power to be a bit more expressive and confident in your in your voice and uh in in what you want to share to to the group dynamic a bit right and i think that leads us uh in, in a good way to kind of the me hit this segment I'll, I'll talk a bit about how i think my family dynamic has shifted 
as I become more aware of kind of my own healing and own traumas. Uh, but, but first, let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back. All right, so I, I think I was kind of sprinkling in like personal tidbits throughout. So this doesn't have to be a whole long, uh, you know, segment about my own personal story, especially if you've been listening, you kind of know a lot about my, my dynamic. And, um, you know, I did a whole episode with my parents, actually, first episode of the podcast, if you check that out from last season. But I think for me, being aware of, of some of these dynamics and some of my own trauma and my own kind of wounded inner child, right? I've been having a lot of those honest conversations with my parents recently, right? And I think that that has really helped our dynamic a bit, you know, where I I think we're we're more on a friendship level. And I think this kind of sort of begins to inevitably happen, you know, as you become older. But I've, I've, I've felt a shift. I felt a level of respect from my parents and a level of respect for my opinion and my outlook that I've never felt before. And I think that that's a really healthy kind of, you know, growth between our dynamic that that really didn't exist again until pretty recently, you know. And I think a lot of it is a reflection of the work that I've done. I think a lot of it is the work that I've done sort of mirroring back at me with the people that are in my life and, and them sort of having their own realizations um, as a result of some of the conversations that I've been having. And I think me having more confidence in myself then changes the way that I'm interacted with, right? Changes the way that that people feel like they can speak to me um, or or just changes the dynamic of our, our relationship, right? And sometimes that goes either way. You might have friends who you know, are used to you kind of being the younger, you know, brother type or younger sister type of, of the dynamic or the tag along friend. And they can't handle you having this newfound confidence and this newfound voice because it throws off, you know, what they feel secure about, you know, the dynamic of your friendship or your relationship. And and that's okay. Those people aren't meant to be in your life. But I think, you know, the your your loved ones and those who truly want the best for you, you know, um, I, I think that you being able to show up in that way creates a far healthier dynamic, right? Because if you're not pushing yourself to kind of work past some of those traumas, you're, you're again, just sort of like recreating this whole loop of, of trauma, right? I talked about sort of the trauma loop and a breakthrough I had about my depression. And I think that that oftentimes is what ends up happening, right? You You end up putting people in a room together during the holidays many of which have not done any work on themselves, but now are, you know, uh, adults and and maybe a bit crankier than ever or, or you know, the kids have grown up and and now feel comfortable fighting back against the, the parents, but like neither one of you is aware of what's actually happening, what you're actually fighting against, uh, what traumas are actually, you know, being faced in this conversation. And it just becomes a very hostile in, in environment, right? And I, I think that the ability to be aware of the shit that you have going on, and I think also the ability to to humanize your parents a bit more and to recognize that they are just a product of, of another generation that was traumatized and so on and so forth, I think begins to allow you to, to shift, you know, this sort of uh, dynamic and the way that, you know, you all sort of speak to each other, right? And I think for me, 
another shift that has happened is me being more confident and me me doing this work has allowed me to show up far more authentically right and has allowed me to express parts of myself and be unafraid to do so and unafraid to use my voice and to express my opinion even if it goes against uh you know my sister or my father or my mother i think leaves me feeling a bit better after those interactions you know now now granted there are times where you're a bit disappointed by some of the people in your family and their viewpoints or the way they react to something but i i think you don't walk away necessarily feeling lesser than or like shit about yourself right maybe you're angry at them maybe again you're frustrated or disappointed but you don't walk away feeling like that little kid who had to like go run away to the basement because you know uh somebody hurt your feelings right there there is a power of, of feeling comfortable and confident enough to show up authentically, regardless of how anybody else is going to receive or, or perceive it, right? And I, I think that that's something that, for me, has been incredibly helpful and allowed me to have far healthier exchanges, you know, with with my family and with those uh, around me. And, and again, it's that, that confidence from, from doing some of this work and understanding that the things that have held me back or the things that cause depression or those feelings of unworthiness, understand that those aren't actually based in the reality of me being unworthy or untalented or just being a sad individual. They're based upon the actions of, of others, right? And the recognition of that action and the recognition of the fact that it's other people's actions that cause that, you know, allows me to then take power to my hands now as an adult where I'm more in control and I can sort of push back and not allow others to have that same effect on me. And I think that that's incredibly helpful during a time like this, where again, you're forced into a dynamic with people where there's a lot of history, a lot of trauma, potentially, and, and a, a, just a really interesting dynamic as, as people, you know, uh, as, as people begin to grow and grow apart and, you know, grow their family and get married and adapt new ideas and, and, and things of that nature. I mean, and that goes with politics as well. You know, I have people in my immediate family who disagree on a, a lot of things when it comes to to politics, you know, and, and I think, you know, being able to understand with some sort of empathy as far as like why they think the way they do. And, and it's not easy, but, but being able to look at them at, with a bit more empathy and understand a bit more of their upbringing, where they're coming from, and maybe some of the shit that they're battling through that makes them think this way and makes them perceive this world and certain political parties in the way that they do, I think, allows you to not be so inundated with anger or frustration or that heaviness that comes along with like battling it out with somebody who just has really weird uh perception of the way the world works again none of this is is going to eliminate completely those emotions or those feelings but hopefully it allows this dynamic and these interactions to become a bit less painful to feel a bit less heavy and and hopefully it allows you to show up a bit more like yourself in these situations with which i think inevitably allows you to walk away feeling just a bit better about the whole interaction you know even if you had a disagreement with somebody even if they they showed the worst of themselves when you're able to to you know meet that with empathy and and meet that with confidence i think that it allows you to kind of maybe change your view on how that situation happened and and allows you to not internalize so much of of those feelings or uh of, of those negative feelings or emotions that tend to come up uh, during during different dynamics. Now, with that in mind, I want to want to hear from y'all, uh, uh, kind of in regards to what we're talking about. I, I I made it a little bit more general, but we'll 
We'll talk about it in our Ask a Gringo segment. But first, let's take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey, everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and we're reflecting on what matters most. I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tuda Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tuda shows wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Ask a gringo. All right, so for our Ask a Gringo segment at DJ Dramos on Instagram, if you want to be a part of these conversations, I just simply ask people, what is something about the holidays you are not looking forward to? Because, of course, like I said, it brings up a, a lot for people. 
Uh, let's see. Um, let's start on a lighter note here. This is funny. At jthriv860, titis tres leches that nobody eats. Man, as as uh, the self-proclaimed tres leches poppy, this is really uh, disappointing that that your titi makes a trash tres leches that is not even edible for everybody. To be honest, I wish somebody would bring tres leches cake to Thanksgiving dinner. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I might actually be the one to, to do this because I think it's a travesty that tres leches cake is not a more uh, popular um, man treat or, around the world. This is a that's a travesty. I'm sorry for your for your thiefy. Let's see. Uh, this person wants to be anonymous. Uh, they said, "Feeling disconnected from my immediate family on issues that are important to me. Old family dynamics. My sister is a bit of a Taylor Swift, and I'm a bit of a Cardi B. We clash." Uh, I mean, I, I I completely get that. I think me and my sister are actually polar opposites, but um i i think yeah i i think it's 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 gotta be incredibly alienating and and lonely to feel like you are the only one who feels a certain way shares a certain thought process especially when they might be issues that are incredibly important to you i mean i touched on on political things and i think for for some of us politics and and issues of like race and and what's going on in the world you know they're far more important to to us and our well being than maybe others. You know, I I know I have some mixed uh, family, right? Who are not all uh, Latino. Um, you know, some Italians in the bunch and, and and things like that. And you know, they don't seem to understand it on the same level that that I do, right? And it's not as important. And and uh, certain things that are deemed crazy or overly woke to them, it's like you know, uh, things that are inherently important to, to me. And I think what's, what's become a bit easier. And I, and, and I, I again say that this is like a practice. It's not always going to be that way. I feel like I left a, a dinner recently feeling a little bit disappointed in like, uh, my family, but when it came to political views from certain people, but, um, I, I think you, you kind of just have to look at where they're, they're coming from at, at, as far as their own, human dynamic you know what i mean like what what about them is making them them feel this way and and remembering that it's not about you you know what what is coming at you the way they're reacting to you is, is really little to do with you and and mostly to do with them and their own shit and could be them being overly entitled as a result of their upbringing could be them feeling slighted by the world. I think it plays out in, in different dynamics. You know, uh, there, I know some of the, the family that I'm talking about feels like, you know, uh, they've had a harder life than needed or that, you know, somebody's out to get them and, and, and they're, you know, uh, living life in that sort of, uh, you know, very panicked, very um, paranoid type of type of way. And it blends into the way they view the world when it comes to politics, you know. And again, Regardless of whatever it might be, I think trying to keep in mind that this is something that is a reflection of them and not you potentially helps you not take it so personally, right? It's easier said than done, but I think that that's the goal, right? The The goal is never to change somebody else's mind because I think that that is a losing battle at the end of the day because we can't guarantee that, right? If that's what we go into this uh, this, this you know, meeting of the minds, be it dinner or whatever it is, like if you go into that expecting that when you argue your point hard enough, you're going to change somebody's mind. 
you're only setting yourself up for disappointment at the end of the day, right? You know, I you, you can't control the way others think or what others do. And the, the more you try to, you know, the more you're just going to aggravate and frustrate yourself. So again, I think the the goal to kind of surmise all that is, listen, you know, maybe your family has a different point of view. Maybe they see the world in a different way than you. And, and you just have to find a, a way to be okay with that. You know, as long as you can show up authentically and you express yourself, you kind of just have to allow people to be on their on their journey, right? You know, for for better or for worse. Again, as long as you're not being hurt or or, or disrespected, you know, you, you kind of just have to find ways to be empathetic to people and and the way their mind thinks and these situations that that have created the the mindset that they kind of bear, you know, throughout the course of of their life and the traumas that they're dealing with as well. Again, easier said than done, but. I think, you know, attempting this this practice will uh, hopefully at least alleviate some of the stress or frustration that comes along from being, you know, in close proximity with, with a lot of these people uh, during the holidays and in just your everyday life and interactions with them as well. Now, with that said, man, thank you all so much for participating at DJ Dramas on Instagram. I try to do this for each and every episode. Now, let's try and quickly tie everything we talked about today in a neat little bow in a segment we call Conclusion Stew. Time for conclusion soon. Mm. All right, so I, I think at the end of the day, I'm not going to rehash everything we, we talked about, that entire article. Again, I'll put it in the show notes if you want to do a bit of a deep dive into it. There's a lot of really interesting information in there. If it resonated with you, I would definitely suggest checking it out. But I, I think at the end of the day, man, the, the biggest takeaway from all of this is just the understanding that a, we're all just products of our environment, right? And and we have to start cutting ourselves a bit more, you know, slack and not allow ourselves to internalize the issues that we we suffer from or the unpleasant interactions that we have with people in our lives. Not allow ourselves to internalize them as something is is wrong with us, right? I think the the greatest kind of point is the idea that you know the way our our parents interacted with us or didn't, you know. Is, is really what shaped how we see the world now as, as an adult, right? And that doesn't mean we can't improve, we can't change, we can't grow because I, I feel like I'm a product of, of that, you know, of somebody who wanted to grow and wanted to try and put some of these past traumas and cycles behind me. But I think there is a bit of ease when you, when you just have an understanding that you're not broken. There is not something inherently wrong with you. And I know I've said this a, a bunch of times, but I feel like it's important to continue to drive that point home. You know, you again are are just the product of of what you saw, of what you were were treated like, you know, and and that you have to cut yourself some slack. And and with that same concept in mind, understanding that the people around you are just product of their upbringing, right? Your, your parents or your in-laws, your significant other, your uh, brother, sister, whatever it is, your siblings, like we're all just products of, of the, the hand that we were essentially dealt when we were younger. Now, of course, that's not an excuse for you to be disrespected or for, for somebody to not value you. But at the end of the day, I think when we talk specifically about the dynamics in our families and the holidays and all that it brings up. I, I really do think that the goal is to not allow it to to weigh so heavily on you, right? As I said, you're not going to be able to change the way people think, right? And 
at, at least not at, you know on your terms maybe one day they might come around but but in the meantime you know you just have to accept them for for who they are and and and, and what they do right and again it doesn't mean allow yourself to be walked all over but having that, I think that empathy of understanding like oh dad is getting angry because of his own sort of trauma that he hasn't dealt with from from his own childhood right it doesn't mean anything about me i think just adapting a mindset like that takes away a lot of the the pain and the heaviness that that these holidays can can bring up you know and and i think that again as long as you feel like you presented yourself in a way that you can be proud of that's what the goal should be right that's what you have control of and i think that's what allows these particular situations to not have such a profound effect on you right I think seeing each other as kids, as as these, you know, hurt kids that are just trying to be seen, right? I, I think allows us to not let these interactions become things that, you know, harm us mentally or or make us feel down or heavy, right? Again, it's like if if you saw, you know, a, a little kid at a family dinner, little Johnny was throwing a temper tantrum, you're not gonna hold it against that kid you know, for, for the rest of, of their life. Or even in that moment, it's just like, oh, this is what happens. You know, the kids get upset. They throw temper tantrums. It's just a part of life. But I think as adults, we throw temper tantrums. It just shows up in different forms in different ways. And I think when you can look at the people across the table from you in that same manner with that same sort of level of understanding and care, I think it does help to to not allow these moments to be so damn heavy, you know. And again, I'm generalizing. There are some people whose circumstances sadly are are beyond repair you know and, and maybe you've had a, a really tough upbringing and a really tough dynamic with your family and you no longer speak to them and you no longer spend the holidays with them and my heart goes out to you I, I i think if you find yourself in that particular situation again it's just understanding that you know this isn't a reflection of you or your worthiness as a human being it is sadly you know the the reflection of of parents or or family that has a lot of unresolved trauma and are acting out in in really you know terrible ways that that sadly you get caught in the the crossfire uh, being a part of that family and i think it's just recognizing that and, and giving yourself some slack and understanding there's not something wrong with you again uh hopefully will bring some sort of relief during during these you know times that can be really rough for for all of us and that bring up a lot of shit for all of us now with that said Thank y'all so much for tuning in. Like I said, I'll be off next week. Uh, we got one more episode before the holidays, of course, our Thursday Trends episode. So I'll catch y'all then. Stay safe. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of the Michael Tura Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card. Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama. And when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most... State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. See new things. Try new things. Go back centuries while living in the moment. Forge new paths while discovering old ones. Pedal, paddle, and paint while trekking, tasting, and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself. Immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind, your heart, and your body on a river cruise exclusively from Avalon Waterways. Save with limited time offers at AvalonWaterways.com. Avalon is cruising. Elevated.